2: Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy, Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. Wednesday edition of Lockdown Rams. I'm back. Took a couple days off. Did a little bit of a move. We'll talk about that throughout the week because I'm sure I will continue to complain about how miserable my life is, even though all things is well. Uh, but again, Wednesday, you know what that means? We've got our friends from downtown Rams. We've got Jake and Alexis with us. Jake, Alexis, how are you guys doing? I'm great.
3: Awesome. Thanks for having us.
2: Yeah, thanks for joining. I know you guys have just been crazy busy. We usually do it a little bit earlier today, but you guys had like three interviews. Thankfully, I needed the time because I just built a a table that I got almost kind of an Ikea style table where you build everything. And I was like, this is going to be easy. And I was swearing and sweating and you know, pieces were all crooked. And so finally, I've got a table. That's what we're holding us together right now. But we made it. Uh, before we get off and running, want to mention a couple things. Don't forget, you can find our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and also the new streaming app, Himalaya. If you guys haven't checked out, it's really awesome. Uh, startup company out of San Francisco uh, has kind of making a big push to kind of change the streaming industry. So check it out. It's called Himalaya. Uh, we're on there as well. And then anytime you get in your car, just ask your smartphone, play podcast, Locked on Rams. Uh, you can check us out on social media as well. Locked on Rams Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and then for our two guests that we have here, you can find them at JK DTR and also at the Alexis Craft, Craft with a K, and then at Downtown Rams. You can also find their content DowntownRams.com. Whew! Whoo! I think I got that covered. You guys got a new network. You got a new halftime show dropping. By the time this airs, it would have dropped. What's the new? Uh, what's the new halftime show about?
3: So the next episode of the halftime show, Jake and I picked our top five artists of all time. Uh, And we, it was, it was really hard to pick and we each uh, kind of had our own style and method of choosing, but it's really interesting. And we've kind of been talking with people on Twitter a lot um, about music and different artists. And, um, you know, the other day I was talking to a ton of people about what's the best lyrically written song of all time. And so we decided to just make a podcast about it and get it out there. And, uh, you know, we're excited for people to listen and give their feedback.
4: Yeah, I would definitely agree with everything that Alexis just said. I mean, really, I I guess like my thing with the whole, you know, halftime show is really want to be thought provoking. So, you know, it's our top five. You're listening to it for an hour, 45 minutes, whatever. But it's also going to create discussion, and we're just trying to really interact uh, with a, a you know wide range of you know Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it may be. Just a wide range of people and kind of reach a bunch of people that maybe haven't heard our stuff before or have heard our stuff before and kind of just want to hear us in a new light. So that's really why we started this whole thing.
2: Well, I'm excited to listen to that one because that can go any direction. And, and coming from listening to your last couple, you guys have some crossover, but it seems like you guys definitely have a little bit of a different taste. So I'm sure there's going to be some, you know, different angles coming there as far as how you interpret, you know, picking that because that is so broad. You could go in so many different directions with that. Uh, And, you know, actually, you know, we all know that, you know, Nipsey Hussle was just uh, killed the other day, which is unfortunate. And, you know, the crazy thing is, is my connection with that is in a weird ways. I just had his song as our last week's Uh, lockdown rams intro and transitions was nipsey hustle song and i was i mean it's just crazy but music in general can bring you back and i love it and i already we kind of talked a little off air but you know alexis you were talking about you pick different things throughout your life and that had kind of moments that you remember and that's what i love about music is you hear a song and you can be like man i was 13 and i finally asked this girl to dance with me or you know, whatever it may be, or I was at the beach and I'll never forget this moment, or whatever it is. And music's crazy like that, and that's why it's amazing. But uh, I can imagine that's going to be a good one. We'll look out for that. Look out for all the awesome interviews, because like I said, you guys just talked with like three or four people tonight. Uh, so uh, lots of draft coverage. So if you guys are looking for more in-depth draft coverage, make sure to check them out as well. And as we kind of slowly transitioned back to the NFL world and the football world, it is draft time, right? So I kind of want to kick it over to you because you've been talking to a lot of prospects and, you know, you had guys put on your downtown Rams Twitter feed and kind of posted it up. Some of the players that have been coming to visit the Rams, talk to me a little bit about, uh, the players that they've already met with how that list is going to progress and and what those visits maybe look like. So really, I
4: mean, you know, it's been kind of crazy. I mean, the Rams, they normally don't show their hand in the meetings. I mean, sometimes they do. But, um, you know, lately, I mean, they've met with all these safeties. Um, You know, I had the pleasure of speaking with um, Colorado safety. that I really like Evan Worthington. and, And basically, he told me that, you know, he was probably going to schedule a visit with the Rams. And then, you know, of course, you see Darnell Savage, uh, Maryland. He's a safety that's really rising up draft boards. Jonathan Abram, uh, somebody that was at the Senior Bowl, but he was injured, so he didn't have a chance to really participate. You know, he's from Mississippi State. He's also having a pre-draft visit with the Rams. And when we say visits, these are kind of big because you only get 30 of them. However, you know, in a case of, say, a Fresno State guy, or, you know, a USC guy or UCLA guy would count as a local visit, which do not count against the uh, 30. So, oh, okay, yeah, so I, I a lot of people don't know that. So they're like, well, you know, I'd like, you know, the Rams to meet with this guy. But, you know, that might count against a visit. And, you know, he's not that big. I'm like, they probably already met with him. You know, they, they get those local visits. Uh, they met with uh, Taequann Glass, I think, a couple years ago. From I think it was Fresno State, but I could be completely wrong. He was actually, actually, you know what? He might have been Montana, and he was local to LA, so he counted as a local visit. So there's some rule bending there for sure. But like for instance, you know they they met with uh, Jerry Tillery, uh, somebody that they seem to like a lot at the combine, defensive lineman. Um, you know they they've met with uh, you know all sorts of guys, uh, Juan Thornhill out of Virginia. Um, so, you know, they're kind of, they're doing their due diligence, obviously being at the top of the first round and by top, I mean the bottom, um, you know, it's, it's kind of hard because you have to kind of, you know, you have to pick your, I I guess, kind of form multiple plans because, you know, the forecast may change, you know, you may go out side and you're like, like, oh yeah, well the the weatherman said it was going to be nice out, so you're wearing a tank top and you're like, well, it's raining, so you have to kind of change <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, yeah. kind of like that, you know, when you're picking 31 you know, everything could seem great, but you know you you can't foresee the draft. No one foresaw, you know, the Rams being able to get Alec Ogletree and Tavon Austin the same first round Uh, you know, a while back. I mean, you know, you just don't see it so, you know, years ago when, you know, the saints traded back in the first round and took Mark Ingram, you know, it's like people just, it, it, things happen. So I guess really, you know, that's, that's the whole thing. They haven't met with a ton of, um, you know, receivers obviously, because, you know, they do have a really good receiver group, but the interesting thing is they have met with some running backs and, you know, it, it's starting to gain momentum where I, I, I mean, I've told Alexis this off air, you know, The Rams sooner or later are going to, you know, I I don't know if it's going to be through the draft or UDFA like they've had success doing, but I kind of get the feeling they might draft a running back.
3: Yeah, definitely. Uh, You know, as Jake said, you know, there's definitely been more defensive players that the Rams have met with, um, obviously, but they're also slowly but surely starting to meet with a lot of running backs. Um, I think of guys like uh, Kareth White, Uh, They've met with Trayvon Wesco out of West Virginia, who um, actually kind of um, maybe is more of a fullback situation, but are Devin Singletary. Uh, And those are just a few that I've heard that the Rams have met with. But um, in my opinion, I think obviously as most people think the Rams are Probably going to have a defensively rich draft because they don't really need, um, as Jake said, receivers. Uh, Running back isn't probably their top priority. I definitely could see them taking a running back later on in the draft. But, you know, the only offensive position that I think could be taken high for the Rams, especially in that first round at number 31, is an offensive tackle or an offensive guard. Um, especially somebody to fill Roger Saffold's spot. And uh, Jake and I have talked a lot about this as well, but it it does seem that there is interest at that 31 spot, potentially if the Rams stay there for an offensive guard. So that's definitely something to look out for as well.
2: Man, tons, tons of options, tons of great talent. This draft is kind of, building itself up to be really exciting as far as the depth of, you know, Jake, you started talking about the safety position and even how that safety position kind of lays out because looking around at different people's mock drafts and how people are grading. Some people have so different grades on those guys and really just kind of plays to the fact of how deep that position is. And then, you know, talking about even Alexis talking about that O-line or D-line and some of the options there. And And where to go. I mean, it makes it so much fun. And you guys have been killing it with all the coverage. Uh, I got a couple more questions and we'll go a little bit deeper to this draft. But what we're going to do is we're going to step aside, take a quick break, get some words from some of our sponsors. We'll be right back. Jake, Alexis, and Bear. Lockdown Rams Wednesday, right after this.
1: The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: All right, Rams Nation, we are back. We have got Jake and Alexis from Downtown Rams. Make sure to go give them a follow at Downtown Rams. Uh, awesome content, constantly interviewing people, getting some inside scoops, talking about visits. And you mentioned those 30 visits, and I want to ask kind of a follow-up question there. Is it safe to say that if someone doesn't visit or they don't have a visit with a guy, that they are they still have interest there, that they may still go there? Or is a, dr- is a visit really a good indication of a direction they're going?
4: it's that's a good question because i guess it really depends you know i i think the rams have kind of i actually tweeted about this on downtown rams i think two years ago maybe last year and i broke down each year and how many players they drafted or signed um in undrafted uh, rookie free agency um you know that they met with and there were years where they had six or seven and there were years that they had four but they always had guys you know that they met with so I think you can guarantee, I think at least three this year that they meet with in some capacity, they're going to end up drafting. But I think also, you know, the the thing is, you know, guys like, you know, what was interesting is Rick Saratella of NFL Draft Bible. um, He reported that um, the Rams actually worked out a running back um, from and I forget. Which running back in the past that they had, um, they, they brought some guy in for a tryout and, you know, he made the roster, a, another running back from the same school um, or it might have actually been a linebacker, but I don't remember. But, um, the, the school is, uh, Mary Harden Baylor. I'm sure you, you're probably like, what is that? But then you're kind of like, wait, that kind of <laughs> sounds familiar. And it's, uh, his name is Markeith Miller. He, uh, he actually had a private workout with the Rams, which is different than a visit. And I believe um, they definitely signed somebody from that school. So, you know, that's a guy, you don't look at that. Like they're going to draft him. You look at that, that they're probably interested in him as a UDFA. So, you know, those workouts are always something to look out for. I think more so the visits are less about who they're drafting and more about who they want. If they're available, you know, at the end of the draft, I think that's really what it is. If they, you know, Wine and dine a guy, um, you know, then that's how you can tell that they're kind of interested in him in the first round, you know, that type of conversation. But they don't bring in like a sixth round, you know, safety and like, hey, wine and dine, like, you know, Sean McVay isn't going to be at that meeting, right? Yeah, not always. I mean, you know, some, some organizations do it differently, you know, um, it, it's it's kind of all, you know, a matter. I think different teams just operate differently. I mean, some teams. Will you know treat everybody like uh, you know royalty others? They I remember a, a few years back, um, David Jones, who uh he's now on the Lions, and uh he came on my show and he explained, you know, there were a bunch of guys at his meeting with the Rams, so he had a pre he had a private visit. It's not really always private because he went with like five other guys, so it was almost like kind of like a, a you know a class almost. So yeah. he's like. He's like, it was cool, but he's like, I'm not going to lie. I totally thought it was just going to be like, you know, just me. But, but you know, I, I thought that was, you know, it's cool to get his experience from that. Whereas I think if they bring in somebody like a Dalton Reisner or somebody like a Chauncey Garner Johnson, I think those guys are going to be alone. Like, I think it's just going to be that guy that they're focusing on potential first round pick.
2: It's so crazy because you think about it in in like a human sense of me, you and and Alexis as far as going to a job interview and like what our process is and, and as far as like sitting down with one person, then maybe getting a call back on the phone. And, and it's just so different. Right. And there's, you know, then these guys are flying around the country and meeting tons of people. and You talked about sitting in a room with five guys or going out to, you know, get wined and dined and the different levels of it. It's just so interesting to me. And, and it's really fun you know, you get to talk to these guys and have kind of an inside understanding of what their experience is like, because listening to some of these draft stories that come out, they're so different from one person to the next and from one team to the next. And I think that's another thing that I love about our organization is you get a lot of people that you hear kind of being excited when they talk to the Rams or coming out kind of feeling a little bit higher than they were before about, man, I want to be with this organization. And, you know, you talked about kind of picking up those guys, undrafted free agents and, you know, that with the visits and the Rams were, I think it was last year or the year before, I think it was last year that, you know, 10 of the 11 draft picks were from the senior bowl and, and, you know, they got to really interact with them down there. So, uh, really interesting to see how they kind of take their angle uh, with these guys and really, you know, create these interviews and what they figure out and how they feel that they can fit into our organization. But as we kind of talk about that, I want to pitch one little scenario. I was talking with Mike Cahill uh, from Pro Football Focus Love that Rams. Guy. He's awesome, man. And he pitched something and we'll talk about it with him as well. But he's kind of got my interest and I want to hear your take on it because you guys are so in depth with this draft stuff. But off air, he was talking to me about the Miami Dolphins and we've all been watching closely and they're making a lot of moves. They've got a lot of money in the next couple of years. They've been dropping people, picking up picks, making trades, picking up picks. And from everyone that's covering the team, and we've got a, a great locked on Dolphins, Travis Winfield. If you guys go check him out, he's amazing. Does awesome coverage of them. But he's thinking that they're going to move back in the draft, and that they're looking for more and more picks because they want to continue to build. Is that something that at I think they're at thirteen, and we are, we're thinking the Rams are going back. But do you see any scenario where the Rams move up and and maybe they swap with the Dolphins, and you know maybe kick them a. A couple other picks in in later drafts, hopefully not have to give up another first round, but maybe some later second or thirds or whatever it ends up being to move up to that spot. Is that enough to move up? And then if you're moving up at 13, what, what kind of person could be there and would be interesting for that scenario?
3: I truly don't think there's any scenario where the Rams trade up in this draft. I really don't. Um, Not that there isn't talented players that the Rams could benefit from. I just don't see them um, making that move. If anything, I see them definitely trading back. But I mean, if you're talking about the possibility of trading up, I think that the only way that the Rams would do that is if there's a guy that they absolutely 100% want to throw everything into. And to me, the only thing worth doing that Maybe an edge guy, maybe a linebacker or safety. It's definitely got to be a defensive position. I don't think there's anybody on uh, who's an offensive player that the Rams would trade up for. That's just, you know, my thought process on that. You know,
4: kind of as you continue to kind of ask that question, my answer just started to kind of change and evolve, <laughs> you know, as you were answering it.
2: That's what happens when you have like a four minute question. You could probably have multiple thought processes there. I always got crap for a 20 minute question, but go on. I love it. I mean, you, you'll probably never
4: get the crap. I, like this one guy at the, uh, the senior bowl, he was asking like a 12, yeah, it was like a 20 minute question. And drew locks like, okay, we're done. Awesome. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like he was just like, I, I knew you could do it. Like, I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> it was just, it was funny, but no, you, you know, I think, uh, I I was leaning more towards Alexis, right? Like, where I was like, I can't see them trading up. But then I kind of thought about it. And I don't think they would trade that far up. But the reason I won't turn that down is because, like, look, I know they're not bringing Sue back. You know, I, I, I don't think it's happening anyway. Maybe, maybe they are. I, I don't know. But they did bring in Eric Weddle. They did bring in Blake Bortles. And they did bring in Clay Matthews, all veterans. They didn't bring in any young guys. They had an opportunity with guys that have familiarity with Wade Phillips' scheme. We talk about, you know, Shane Ray. We talk about Shaquille Barrett. They didn't bring those guys in, you know. So I think, you know, kind of judging off of what they did with the veterans, I could see them in that, again, I hate saying it, but that win now mode. Right. And if that's the case, you know who I could see them trading up for if he falls? Ed Oliver. Mm. I think I think that might be the only way I would trade up. Because here's the thing. Interior pass rush is becoming, I mean, that that's becoming the the sexy thing now. Aaron Donald is going to now have teams copycatting. Right, they're they're gonna try and find the next Aaron Donald. Everyone's gonna try to do it. They're not gonna be able to. But if if there's anybody even close to Aaron Donald, and I'm not saying he's close, but you know, athletic profile wise, it'd be at Oliver. I don't know if you ever look at the RAS score. You know, it's uh, Kent LaPlatt, I think his name is he. It, you can follow him at Math Bomb. He's just unbelievable. He charts all of the athletic profiles, right? Like all the the numbers and everything he just for fun was charting out at um, Oliver obviously as you know a defensive lineman at Oliver grades amazingly but what was even crazier is when you moved him to linebacker he still has an elite grade when you move him uh, to you know defensive end, defense tackle it didn't matter he has an elite grade <clears throat> you move him over to corner and he still has an above <laughs> average grade as an athlete that's absurd <laughs> That's absurd because he has this, like, rating score, right? And it just – it measures explosion. It measures, um you know, overall athleticism, strength, all of that, um, based on also your, your height and your weight. And, uh, I mean, Ed Oliver is just a rare talent. And I, I don't know why, but, like, I swear to God I'm looking at – not saying that he's going to do anything like Laramie Tunzel did, but I, I swear to God we're looking at somebody that could fall in this draft – And for, you know, the the reasons, I mean, with major Applewhite, um, you know, at Houston, you know, that sideline scuffle he had with him. And I think really it's just people question his maturity. But I mean, the fact of the matter is this guy, you watch him on film and you're like, this guy might be the best player in the draft at times. Now, there's other times where he's not. But you know who that sounds like? Jadavion Clowney. People were always saying how dominant he is and then how he kind of takes plays off, right? Well, Ed Oliver's kind of like that. And to me, if he's available in the middle of the draft, I think the Rams would consider that. Yeah. I'm not saying they, they should or, or, you know, but here's the thing, guys. The Rams have shown you Sean McVay has still not drafted in the first round, right? So he's he is, you know, put together these drafts without a first round pick. So they're learning how to draft without a first-round pick. Now they trade up and get their, you know, Ed Oliver early on, right? N- they've started to learn how to draft without a second-round pick. Right. I mean, last year, they didn't draft. They didn't have a first or a second. So, they, you know, their first pick was Joe Noteboom in the third round. So I kind of feel like, you know, you kind of have that. It, it's almost as if, like, the experience is starting to kind of, you know, become a factor for the Rams, where it's like, okay, we were in this position, that's why they were like, OK, we'll give away the Fowler, uh, you know, the pick for Fowler. We'll give away the pick for Peters. You know, they've proven that they can, you know, make moves. They, they've they proven that they can be successful. This is a Super Bowl team that didn't pick until the third round. So it kind of gets, you know, it kind of goes to show you if they were to do that, I think it'd be for an Ed Oliver type of player. But I'll also say this, if Brian Burns is there in, in the middle of the round, I'd absolutely try my best to trade up for him. Cause I think he's the best edge rusher in this draft.
3: Well, I was going to point out um, as far as the trading up, I forgot that I had done this in the first Twitter mock uh, that I did a few months ago, I believe in, it was maybe in February. Um, I forgot that I had actually traded up for Rashawn Gary because he fell. And I, I traded, I think with the Ravens and took him. I don't know if I would still do that particularly for him. But um, I actually do kind of think it is an interesting scenario to think about about trading up for a, uh, maybe an edge guy or an interior guy. But personally, for the Ed Oliver, yeah, I would definitely trade up for him. But I, I still think he's going to go top, you know, seven picks. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't really think that he would be a a realistic option but definitely if he falls out of maybe the top 10 i think it'd be worth a shot
2: yeah the hype train is definitely moving in the up direction for ed oliver and for good reason obviously you you talked about the the freakish numbers that he's put up and you know one the one that jumped out to me when i saw it was his short shuttle time at 4.19 and those numbers compared to to deshaun jackson Uh, better than Saquon Barkley, uh, Le'Veon Bell, Julio Jones, and yours truly, Aaron Donald. So uh, those numbers do jump off the page, and he has that freakish ability. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes because a lot of this hype around the draft, you see people gain momentum near and closer to the draft and start going really high. And and I'm with Alexis. I almost see him as a top five pick uh, just as you look at the teams and the needs. And people also learned from the Aaron Donald mistake to let him get to that middle portion of the draft and fall into the lap. The Rams, there's so many teams that are kicking themselves that are probably going to say to themselves, This is a very close comparison. We've seen his ability. If we can get him to that level, how can we pass on a guy like this? And we don't want to make that mistake again. But the NFL draft is crazy, and we've seen crazier things. So, what we're going to do is we're going to step aside, we're going to take a quick break. Got more of this on the other side. We've got Alexis, Jake, and Bear locked on Rams Wednesday right after.
0: This is Vinny Eyer, host of Locked on Fantasy Football with your Locked on Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Charters Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and
2: All right, Rams Nation, third and final segment. We've got Alexis, Jake, and Bear, your host, breaking it down. Don't forget to give everyone a follow. You can find me at LA underscore Rambling Bear. You can find Jake at JKBoganDTR. Alexis is the Alexis Craft, Craft with a K, then also Downtown Rams and Locked on Rams. Pull over, write it all down. We expect follows tomorrow. Uh, with that said, we kind of been talking about the draft, and. we? <laughs> Uh, there's a bunch of fun scenarios and and I'm with you, Jake. If that somehow Ed Oliver can slip. I mean, he is he has gained so much momentum and he's so exciting to watch on the defensive side. Really, that that everything lines up to say just a dominant player. Again, uh, we've seen it before in the draft where the guy's got amazing numbers, comes and it doesn't work out. You talked about you know, taking plays off and things like that, and some of the off the field or on the field issues uh, that he's had. So there's a lot that plays into getting a guy that early, but we'll kind of have to see. And, and maybe there is a guy that they like. You know, maybe there's, you, know, you mentioned Brian Burns, maybe there's a couple other, they've got this short list. If this guy gets to, you know, 13, 14, 15, you mentioned that they've practiced, not really practiced, they've lived out not having first round picks. So they've done pretty well with finding good talent in the third round and pass. So, you know, whether that's, you know, hey, let's take one year, let's let McVay go run and get somebody and trade up and go get it. And maybe that puts us a little behind the eight ball over the next year or however many, you know, years it takes to kind of make that move. But they've done that. They've been there. They've got a lot of veteran talent that they've, you know, picked up, whether that's free agency and and now they've got this really popular place to come. They they know they are an attractive site for players. So, you know, maybe draft picks aren't as valuable one through seven. And I know obviously you got to fill a lot of roster spots. So you want to pick some guys, but maybe it feels good to go up and get somebody. We'll see how they do it. I love the Rams thinking uh, that going for it. Now you mentioned mentality and maybe that's the case. They'll bring into the draft, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, But you guys have been doing mock drafts. You always do mock drafts. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about the recent mock draft that you guys done and where you guys are grading out. Maybe we'll talk about the first three rounds uh, of of picks for the Rams and just talk about the players, maybe people that, you know, you could see getting taken at that, that position and maybe some counters from the other person. We'll start with Alexis, you know, maybe talk to me about what you've seen.
3: Yeah. So I guess I can start with, um, you know, who I think they could take 31. Yeah. Obviously m- my first pick that I would have the Rams take a 31, if he's still there. Um, I don't think he'll be there. A lot of people think he will. I don't is Dalton Reisner obviously probably a little bit biased because Dalton came onto our show and absolutely killed it. And I know I can speak for Jake on this. We both love him and think the world of him. He's such an awesome guy. And I I think I talked about him a little bit last time um, I was on your show, but I really think that Dalton is an interesting prospect because I truly believe that he can play any position on the offensive line. I think he could play tackle. I think he can play guard. I think he could even play center. So um, I think if he's there, I think the Rams would be wise uh, if they, to take him because he can really help out, you know, the interior, um, part of their line, I think, um, is a little bit worrisome to some people. And I think he's a guy who's going to have a long career in the league and he can play anywhere. So I'd like to see them pick him up if he's there at 31, but I don't think he will be. Um, I actually, uh, really would like the Rams to trade out of 31, um, if possible, because I think, a lot of the guys that I would want them to take at 31 will be gone at that point. And I think that if they can trade uh, the 31st pick, say for a second, a fourth and a fifth, or maybe a second, a fourth and a six or something like that. I think that this is a draft um, more so than others that has a lot of late round talent and a lot of sleepers that I think the Rams could capitalize on by gaining, um, you know, later round uh, picks. So I would like to see them trade out of 31, unless maybe Dalton Reisner's there at 31, Montez Sweat is there at 31. Maybe, you know, another interesting pick that I think for them could be like nasir Adderley or like a, a safety like that but again i don't think those guys are going to be there so that's who i would have them take in the first round when you get to later round um picks because the rams as of now don't have a second round pick then they have those two comp picks at the end of the third um i would kind of like to see them go corner with one of those picks because um as uh, you know, people have been talking about, you've got Tlaib and Peters uh, both in the last years of their contract. And I've been saying that they can't keep both. I don't think they'll keep both. And I think that they're going to get rid of Tlaib or let him walk. So I, I'd like to see them draft um, a corner because I think there's a lot of good talent that'll still be available at the end of the third. And I think that you can get a guy come in and uh, you know draft him at the end of the third. He can come in and sit maybe behind Tlaib and learn uh, for a year and then take that starting role uh, once Tlaib is gone. And I think that the Rams would be smart to do that. Um, and then also take maybe like a guard at the end of the third, if they don't end up taking somebody like that in the first. And then later on in the draft, I think is it's interesting for the Rams, because I think they can really do anything. They can take an interior defensive lineman, they can take an edge guy, um, they could take a safety if they haven't done so already. Um, you know, apparently they are looking at, running backs, so late round running backs, So they could also take a guy like that. So after you get out of maybe the the fourth round, I think the Rams could really do anything and get away with it. There's no uh, one that I feel strongly about um, late picks, but I mean, there's guys like Montre Hartage, which is a cornerback from Northwestern that I really like, who could go. Um, Hamp Cheevers out of Boston College, but I actually think that his stock is rising. But, you know, so I don't even know if he'll be there by the end of the third, uh, that they could take. um they do end up getting that second rounder I would like them to get that second rounder because I really would like them to take a look at Colin Saunders um who I love and I think could play uh, well for the Rams. But yeah, there's really a lot that they can do. And, you know, we've had a lot of guys on our show that uh, I know have talked to the Rams and who uh, Jake and I would love to see go to the Rams. But I really think uh, it depends on if they stay at 31 or not, because depending on that, it's going to change the whole course of the draft for them.
2: I I like that you said that too, and talking about later rounds, because once you get your first, you know, two, three picks out of the way and you start to get into that round four through seven, And yes, you have some needs to fill, but you can start to kind of have fun with it a little bit, I guess is the light way of saying it. And like you said, like, hey, you you knocked out a couple of the positions that were really key coming into it. And now you can start looking at a a running back. And I'm actually interested to see if the Rams at any point find a wide receiver. And I know we mentioned that, you know, not a lot of guys on that visit list are wide receivers. And, you know, there isn't a, a pressing need with Cooper Cup coming back. But we also saw when we lost Cooper Cup, And, you know, Reynolds did a pretty good job filling in, but there wasn't, you know, we could have used a little bit more depth there. If one guy goes down on that line, yes, there's definitely, you know, we've got a a good group of talent. We've got some good tight ends, but to add another offense weapon at knowing how much Sean McVay loves to throw the ball and, and loves to keep that offensive tempo up to find a guy that can plug in and just kind of, because you saw, I mean, that's where uh, Pharaoh Cooper's value really dropped as far as needing him on the team is he, they didn't like him very much as a wide receiver. He didn't get much run there. Uh, You know, Kaderil Hodge has seen little, little run at the wide receiver position, you know uh, but still not sure if he is the answer there to turn to when, for, you know, multiple weeks. So maybe there's a point at the draft where, you know wide receiver drops and McVay says hey man we got in trouble last year when we lost Cooper maybe we need to add a little depth there but you're right when you get later rounds you can start to find guys that fall and go hey maybe wide receiver coming into this wasn't what we really were leaning on but at this point where we're at we got one two three guys that we feel really good about filling some some holes that you know we can take a risk on a guy or we can kind of go hey let's go out here and get a running back to kind of see to play into the fold with you know, what we're going to do with Brown and with Kelly as well. So I love that idea of when you get a little bit later and and letting McVay kind of open up, you know, what he does best, which is, you know, read talent and read who's a good fit into this culture. So I want to throw it to Jake, but what I want to do is I want to take the scenario of, you know, what Alexis was talking about. Let's say we do trade back. So you no longer have that 31st pick. I don't know where you're going to go in the second round, but talk to me about if we trade back into that second round, uh you know who in that second round would jump out to you to make it worthwhile to trade back and gain more picks i'm
4: honestly so glad that you did that because <laughs> i'll tell you right now um alexis and i kind of have the same guys that we're looking at um you know i i think riser at 31 would be great um that's kind of where i seem to go if we keep the pick but See, in the second round, I think now you're in Blake Cashman territory, who, in my opinion, is the best linebacker in the draft. And so when you get somebody like Blake Cashman, what does that do for your defense? Well, right now, you miss on the Rams defense. I'm talking you miss a guy that really can run sideline to sideline. Corey Littleton is explosive. But as far as moving laterally, he's not quite the level of, say, a Jalen, you know, a Jalen Smith or, or guys like that. So you have, you now bring in uh, Blake Cashman and Cashman runs, you know, a four or five. I I think it was like four or five flat. Um, I watched his film and I was like, why are we talking about Devin White? Why are we talking about, you know, Mac Wilson? Like, why are we not talking about Blake Cashman? You know, and and then we had him on our show and I was like, okay, you know, this guy's definitely, um, you know, a second rounder. Uh, I would say I'd put him in the first easily. Um, Like I said, I think he's the best linebacker in the draft. You know, he has the background being a defensive back. So I think when you look at that, um, I think that's going to be, you know, we kind of saw it, you know, kind of open up with Alec Ogletree. Uh, We saw it open up with Mark Barron. Um, You know, Alec Ogletree was originally a safety at Georgia. They transferred him at Georgia to linebacker, whereas Mark Barron was the safety out of Alabama, goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Doesn't fit the Tampa 2-style defense, so they trade him to the Rams. He plays, you know, safety, doesn't work out, so they play him at linebacker. And it really worked out well for him. And then Dion Buchanan of, you know, the Arizona Cardinals is somebody that, you know, they eventually moved from, you know, safety to linebacker. That's really what you would call the money backer role. Now, I'm not saying that's what Blake Cashman is at all. Because he's already made that transition. Um, but when you talk about his athleticism, you talk about his ability to, you know, finish at the point of attack, he finishes tackles. You know, this isn't somebody that's going to miss tackle after tackle. Um, but he can change direction extremely well. His backpedal is really good because, again, he's got that defensive back background. And so you put him next to Littleton, and all of a sudden, this defense gets scary because it's already good, right? But, you know, Micah Kaiser's a thumper, you know, um, Clay Matthews, if he plays inside linebacker, he doesn't have the athleticism he used to. So he's not like I look at him more as, you know, a situational pass rusher that will probably end up starting. Um, So, you know, that's kind of how I look at Clay Matthews. So if you look at the roster, who they have a linebacker, not really anybody else. So now with Barron gone, you kind of have to add that athleticism. I know people like to knock Barron, but. There were times where Barron was one of the best run stopping linebackers in the league according to Pro Football Focus. So people are gonna forget about that. And if they don't fill that, you know, void and say they put in, you know, Micah Kaiser, who, you know, everyone just loves, um, you know, I, I do think that will that will come back to bite them. He's just not the athletic guy that you need in this day and age. And that's why I've also mentioned Samson Ibukam. So say the Rams move Samson Ibukam. Listen to me. They move Samson Ibukam to inside linebacker. Um, then Blake Cashman probably doesn't make a lot of sense because you have three starting linebackers in a 3-4 defense unless you want to just kind of you know shuffle them in and out. Um, so in that case, now it gets a little interesting, right? Because you're in the second round. Um, you know, Safeties like Taylor Rapp are probably available Um, you know, Jonathan Abram, who they seem to like a lot. So, you know, that'd be interesting. I I think where would I go in that case? Um, it might seem like an overdraft, but I'd probably go Colin Saunders. Um, I just think they absolutely need to make sure if he's available, they pull the trigger on him. Um, I have no doubt in my mind, he's going to be a successful football player in this league. Uh, he's just got an unbelievable motor. He has the right head on his shoulders. You know, you see him at the, um, you know the Senior Bowl doing the backflip. I mean, I, I saw him in person do that. It was just unbelievable. At, you know his weight and you know his size and everything. So, but this is a guy. You know, had you know he's been a, a running back before. He's caught passes. He has you know rushed off the edge. He's been an interior rusher. He's been an interior run defender. Everyone gets so caught up in the nose tackle, right? Everyone's like, well, wh- why can't we get you know somebody like Dexter Lawrence? Well, first and foremost. The Rams have other opportunities to get nose tackles. I've mentioned Danny Shelton. I think Shelton would be awesome. He's a free agent still. Um, In the draft, Tristan Hill at a UCF. What if I told you he's probably just as good, if not better, than Dexter Lawrence, and he'd be a third or a fourth-round pick because he didn't go to Clemson? So, you know, I like those guys, but, like, you know, because... The fans will, you know, I I think Rams fans in general just love nose tackles, right? I mean, you know, they look at everybody else and they're like, well, they have that and we don't. Well, yeah, because Wade doesn't need a nose tackle. He doesn't. (laughs) It doesn't, you know, like they don't need a designated nose tackle. They got Sebastian Joseph Day, who I think is going to play more than people think. I don't think the Rams are going out of their way to draft a nose tackle, especially not in the first round. You know, people have a problem normally drafting guards in the first round. I'll take the best guard in the draft um, over, you know, drafting the best nose tackle, who I don't think is the best nose tackle anyway. Um, You know, remember Tim Settle out of, uh, I think it was Virginia. I mean, everyone's talking about him like he was like this, you know, guaranteed third round pick that would save everybody, you know, save everything. He ended up going undrafted, I believe. So, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I mean, it's just kind of like, You know, the nose tackle position, they've had opportunities to kind of shore that up and they've decided to go with, listen to this, Franklin Myers, who is a tweener, right? He's a, you know, defensive end, can be an edge guy, can play interior, kind of like a speedy guy, you know, very quick. He can play all over, right? They go out and they get Tanzel Smart out of Tulane. What is Tanzel Smart? Not a nose tackle. He's a quicker, you know, footed guy you know, somebody that can, you know, he has versatility, can play kind of all over that line. Um, they go out and they get Sebastian Joseph Day, who isn't your stereotypical nose tackle and still has, you know, some, some foot quickness to him, you know, so they don't draft that mold of player. It, that's what right. I'm kind of getting at. So I don't think that they are going to necessarily prioritize nose tackle. I think, you look at a Colin Saunders that gives him versatility. I think that's exactly why Ed Oliver is an option if he falls. And and don't get me wrong, guys. I think Ed Oliver is a top five player. I mean, I I don't understand why this isn't like obvious. Like if the Raiders don't draft him at four, I'll be absolutely shocked. I mean, yeah. that that just seems like a no brainer, right? Um. So you know, I I just think those guys, Renell Wren, um. You know, more of a run stuffer, but he also really dominated at the East West Shrine game. And, you know, we spoke with him as well. Daniel Wise out of Kansas. Um, You know, there are different guys. Kingsley Kiki, you could get him in like the fifth round at Texas a and AM. I think he's going to give you some valuable reps. So defensive line, I mean, the Rams are going to find their guy. There are guys out there,
2: you know, Uh, Daylon Mack as well. Right. You know, so you said it best with with the key words, right? Run stopper. And for a team that gave up five yards on the ground per you know per rush last season during the regular season and really struggled against the run, I think that's why people probably get excited by you know a guy like Saunders. You talked about three hundred twenty pounds uh, can kind of just sit there and stuff up the middle, but it's athletic. I mean, you talked about him doing what backflips and stuff like that. I mean, he's a big dude. Uh, another guy that comes out of a small school, Western Illinois, and and the, and the Rams have done really well with drafting those type of guys. I'll go back to uh, Blake Cashman that you talked about. And, you know, I love this. I actually saw something that was put him up against, you know, Devin Bush, and they took probably the top five games uh, out of the Big Ten that both those guys played. And Cashman just blew him out of the water as far as tackles, Uh, tackles for loss. I think Bush had eight and a half and Cashman had 15 total tackles in those five games. Uh, He almost doubled the tackles. So you're talking about a guy in Devin Bush, and don't get me wrong, I'm a Michigan guy, so I love (laughs) Devin Bush and I'd be stoked to see it. But if you're talking about, you know, potentially getting a guy later in the draft that has equal or maybe even more value that doesn't run the flashy, you know, 40, you know, that that Devin Bush ran or something else that kind of jumped out or it has kind of that, you know that name behind him that he created out at Michigan, but I, I really like that Blake Cashman pick. But you're right; then you start compiling linebackers depending on what you want to do there. Uh, Be interesting. But I, I love, I love just breaking this down and taking 40 different angles because this could be an eight-hour podcast with 45 different scenarios and what you're going to do here and all the trades. And that's why it's really fun listening to you guys talk and, and have all this knowledge on it because there are so many angles that can happen. And and it really, you're talking about what the Rams want to do. Well, you know, there's 31 other teams that are going to be totally changing the Rams game plan while it's, this is all happening. So that's what also makes it fun. Cause you can have a plan going into it, but you know, teams like the Raiders and the dolphins and these teams that have a lot of picks and, and are building for the future can do a lot of crazy things or can keep moving around uh, a lot of players still on the training block to be moved. So, you know, rosters can change and so can all these picks. So, That's why it's a lot of fun. But uh, what we're going to do is we're going to step away. I want to say a big thank you to you guys again. Uh, It is super late out in the East Coast, and you guys are bringing the same energy. I thank you so much. I've been moving like a madman. i got boxes surrounding me. I set up a table strictly so I could do a podcast. And uh, I, I really, really appreciate it, guys. Don't forget to go give them a follow. Downtown Rams. You can also find uh, their personals at JK Bogan DTR. Also the Alexis craft. And uh, you can find me at LA underscore rambling bear, hit them up with questions. I-, I love it. You guys are replying to everybody on Twitter. So if you ever have a question, hit them up. And uh, I look forward to seeing the coverage that you guys do throughout. I'm going to be tuning into the halftime tomorrow. Cause I've got to know who is the top five uh, musical influence or top five uh, musicians that you guys love. And I'll probably be uh, Next time we talk, I'll either have, you know, some things to say about it or I'll be pretty proud of you. So I don't know where how I feel yet about both of you guys, but we'll find out soon enough with the newest halftime show. Go check it out. Guys, thanks again so much for coming on, and I look forward to talking to you next time.
3: Yeah, thank you so much.
2: Yeah, it was awesome, man, as always. Thanks again. All right. With that said, you know what it is, Rams Nation. Until next time, Peace.